Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nitya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. The Finance Minister of India, Mrs. Nirmala Sitaraman, recently announced the National Monetization Pipeline designed to unlock the value of investments in brownfield public sector assets by tapping institutional and long-term capital. Through this, government-owned roads, railways, power plants, gas pipelines, airports, ports, warehouses, etc., could be leased out for a specific period to non-government entities and enable it to raise rupees 6 lakh crore. To tell us more on this pipeline, we have with us today Dr. Anantanageswaran, a non-resident senior fellow at ISAS. Dr. Nageshwaran is also a distinguished visiting professor of economics, Kriya University, India, co-founder of Takshila Institution, and a part-time member of the Prime Minister's Economic Advisory Council. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Nageshwaran. You're welcome. I just wanted to clarify that although I'm a member of the Economic Advisory Council to the Prime Minister of India, I am speaking to you here in my personal capacity. Thank you. So I will start by asking you to share with us some background on the national monetization policy and why did the government decide to announce it? To what extent do you think it will help to shore up the economy? Well, I mean, uh, the, 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 there are many parts to your question. So the background is clearly the government's uh, long-term infrastructure uh, expenditure plan, which uh, pegs the number based on current prices and estimates at 110 trillion rupees. That's uh, roughly about one and a half trillion dollars at current exchange rates. And um, so given the uh, estimated requirement of uh, India's infrastructure expenditure, the government decided that the best way to find the money, and there are many ways to find the money to do so. Uh, one of them is to sort of make sure that the existing assets are uh, well utilized and the revenue or the amounts unlocked on those investments could be plowed back into fresh investments. So the national uh, monetization pipeline would fund somewhere between four to 5% of this long-term infrastructure investment requirement for India. That's the background. It is, the NMP has also been envisaged to uh, 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 to serve as a medium-term roadmap that is linked with the national infrastructure yeah. pipeline. What are some of the likely challenges for the government in implementing these and how can it, these be overcome? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the first thing you also asked me about uh, what kind of impact this would have on economic growth. So clearly, this is uh, not a short-term initiative. Uh, the fallout uh, of this uh, initiative uh, if it uh, succeeds well, is definitely going to boost the medium-term growth prospects of the economy. After all, infrastructure is a binding constraint uh, on, on the maximum sustainable growth rate that an economy could achieve. So clearly, uh, its, its impact on the medium-term growth prospects of the economy uh, is undisputed. Uh, it would definitely elevate the growth prospect. Now, coming to what kind of, uh, what would it take Clearly, the private sector would have to have investable surplus and the private sector should be able to estimate that it is in a position to derive more value out of these assets 
that is when they would bid for these assets whether through revenue sharing or rentals or outright uh, uh, purchase in some cases and mostly leasing so outright purchase is ruled out i think that i'm probably wrong in saying that so it's mostly through cash flow sharing uh, rentals and leasing and so on or revenue sharing and leasing and so on so uh, bulk of the success uh, would would arise uh, would depend on whether the private sector feels optimistic enough about the growth prospects and their ability to extract value out of these assets that would determine to a large extent on the private sectors willing to bid for these assets you know we we are all uh, aware that the indian economy and in fact economies around the world are reviving from the covid-19 pandemic and you just spoke about the private sector interest levels uh, what is your assessment i mean how do you think they have so far reacted to this uh, new measure this new policy and uh, do you think the government needs to do more to attract private sector investment so these are early days uh, for the for us to gauge the interest of the private sector because the specific assets are housed under different ministries and each ministry has to come up with a uh, a plan for each specific asset and the terms and conditions of those assets must be uh, made available and therefore the response of the private sector would depend on the asset, on an asset by asset basis obviously right now everybody has extended a cautious warm welcome to these proposals because the underlying logic is sound let the government uh, monetize existing as you put it downfield assets so that greenfield investments can be made that's that's a clear part is the government doing enough to support the private sector well uh, quite a bit in fact in 2019 september the government actually lowered the corporate taxes on the private for the private corporate sector so indian uh, private sector or other indian corporate income tax rates are probably one of the most reasonable ones in the world and second very recently the government also ended the uncertainty with respect to the retrospective taxation something that's been hanging fire for nearly 8 9 years the third thing and that happened recently a couple of days ago uh, the announcement of a wide ranging package for the telecom sector uh helping them with the current situation on cash flows on payment of their uh, dues uh, to the government and also for the number of years for which the future spectrum license could be held by them etc so by and large and i think and late last evening or or day before the finance minister announced a government guarantee uh, for an institution that that could buy up the non performing assets in the banking system so clearly i must say that the government has been in an overdrive with respect to helping the private corporate sector and their profitability has also been doing very very well in the last uh, one and a half years through the covid so clearly the private sector should have the risk appetite given government's clear signals of its own policy support to the private sector they should have the appetite to uh, to bid for specific assets and uh, extract better value out of them uh, and then be able to support uh, the government's greenfield infrastructure investment plans we also uh, there's also a lot of talk about putting in place a regulatory framework i mean this yeah. is considered to be an important aspect to make the nmp a success um how do you think the government uh, can speed up speed this up to ensure that the interests of both the customers and the corporates are protected sure i think in some sectors the regulatory mechanism already exists 
and they are not exactly and some of these ministries like the railways and the especially road sector and power it is not as though they are uh, new to the monetization so i mean uh, highway projects have already been monetized in some cases quite successfully in some cases with mixed results and so on so clearly the regulatory mechanism has to be there and the sooner the better because uh, that would lend certain predictability to the rules governing the uh, the uh, brownfield asset monetization and second uh, it will also ensure that there is a certain grievance redressal mechanism uh, the for the for the private sector bidders and and to the extent that the regulator is seen as a independent objective and credible body uh, it will also enhance the trust and confidence in the bidding and negotiating process and here i think um, uh, there is much to be done both from the government point of view and also by the private sector because in the in the past not so much uh, in the asset monetization pipeline but also in many other public private partnerships usually what has also happened is that the private sector sometimes either overbids in order to get the mandate and then attempts to renegotiate the terms of the deal in which case ideally speaking it should be thrown open to everybody again or in yeah. some cases where there is a uh, uh, where there is a government is spending money the private sector usually underbids in the sense that it provides the lowest possible quote where government's expenditure is involved and then subsequently they renegotiate uh, want to renegotiate the terms whether it is in uh, you know uh, selling power to the government Uh, etc so private sector does the act in both ways sometimes over projecting the revenues over bidding and then struggling with raising its own cash flows and then going to the government for reconsideration and vice versa when it comes to uh, government uh, bidding for the private sector services so that is also something that the private sector should learn from its own past experience not just the government and that is what would make this program a success both sides have plenty of experiences good and bad ones to learn from and to apply those learnings uh, to the current uh, monetization uh, agenda i would also like to know your thoughts on how successful this uh, monetization pipeline program would be because we heard in the beginning of this year when the government announced its budget a uh, grand divestment plan and we also spoke about it in our earlier podcast mm. but it's now been almost 6 months since that announcement and there hasn't been much progress we haven't heard too much yeah. happening on that front so how do you think the government is going to make the divestment plan a success on one hand and then the nmp on the other hand and both are of course essential to shore up the economy well uh, the they are essential but not necessarily uh, 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 something that needs to happen uh, forthwith to support the government because um, first of all uh, in the first four months of the year for which we have data the financial year april through july the government of india's fiscal numbers are far better than anybody would have anticipated so that is something to keep in mind and second the uh, estimates that the government had put out for the disinvestment receipts are quite realistic and all you need to see one or two or three maximum big ticket items to happen for the government's uh, revenue targets from disinvestment to be realized air india lic bharat petroleum etc that that should take care so i i wouldn't um, be uh, somewhat uh, uh, pessimistic about the prospects for the government realizing the disinvestment receipts in the current financial year 
2021-22. But at the same time, the National Monetization Pipeline also is a multi-year project. Uh, it is uh, not just for the current financial year. And the fact that this plan has been put together in consultation with multiple ministries and when the announcement was made, uh, secretaries of the various ministries were present, etc., is also are also important, not just from the optics point of view, but also for the buy-in. So I, I, I get the sense that much preparatory work has gone behind the scenes in order to make sure that no last-minute objections are raised by the respective parent ministries. And uh, so, of course, as we all know, bulk of the assets has to come from railways and uh, road uh, ministries. Uh, so therefore, I'm, I'm hopeful um, that the success of this program uh, would be, has, has reasonable prospects. Ultimately, whether the number 6 trillion is realized or if it is somewhat below or above that would depend on the realism of the pricing. And that is where much of the learning from the past has to happen. Finally, there was some opposition from the political parties like the Congress, which obviously <clears throat> spoke about this mm -hmm. whole NMP as a move to try and sell some of the crown jewels to and create private sector monopolies. What are your thoughts on this criticism? Well, I think misinformation is not just the monopoly of any single political party, not just in India, but anywhere in the world. Uh, and this is no exception. Clearly, this is not about privatization. It's about leasing assets uh, and also revenue sharing or rentals or upfront uh, lease payments, etc. So clearly, there is no privatization. There is no transfer of ownership involved here. So that, 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 that complaint, therefore, can be dismissed. Obviously, there will be some legitimate concerns about who gets, the, who gets to uh, 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 exploit the assets and deliver returns to themselves and to the government. And there, I think, you know, possibilities of favoritism, etc. do exist. But clearly, that is where, as you correctly asked earlier, uh, the importance of appointing the regulators, competent ones, arm's length, objective criteria for the bidding process, transparency, all those things will go a long way to allay concerns of favoritism, abuse and misuse of uh, government money, etc. And more importantly, we should remember that the idea of monetization is not as, has not just been the preserve of the government alone. It has been shared by previous governments. It has been shared by experts who advise uh, both sides of the aisle, so to speak. So clearly, uh, it is something uh, that all political parties are aware that they have to do, given the, uh, uh, the pandemic-induced uh, expenditure. So uh, it is. I don't think uh, uh, anybody would have done differently. Ultimately, the proof of the pudding has to be in the eating, and that boils down to the manner of execution and the transparency of pricing and the avoidance of renegotiations and the realism behind the revenue as projections, assumptions, et cetera, that would ensure that the program becomes a success. Thank you so much, Dr. Nageshwaran, for joining us today and sharing your perspectives on the national monetization pipeline. Um, of course, it's interesting times ahead and we hope to have you again sometime soon. Thank you. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you.